Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the Uptime Punks. Um, this is episode one from the promised one we're going to do with Susanna and a, a couple of friends around the globe to sort of dive a little bit deeper into sustainability and the diversity. Um, so, Russ, today we have Philip Koblenz, New York Internet. What does New York Internet stand for, Philip? Um, you know what? If you if you've said it, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be the inaugural guest on uh, on on the Susanna, um, you know, episodic arc um, that that we have going here. Um, I thought you would introduce me as NYI. The answer to what NYI stands for is is very easy, which is New York Internet. So you've answered the question that you've asked. Um, but you know, we we were one of the original kind of data center companies that started in New York. I started NYI with my brother. Um, gosh, uh, 96, what is that? Uh, a lot, a long time ago. I mean, uh, it probably, um, uh, uh, we're, we're older as a company than many of your listeners, I imagine. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, uh, no, no question, no, no question about that. And we've evolved over time. You know, when we started, it was, uh, more about getting people online. You know, the internet was, was fairly new. So we were doing things like website development, um, you know, systems integration before that was really two words that went together. Um, helping people, you know, get get computers in their office, connect those computers so they're not just static things that 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 type up letters. Um, mm. And then as time went on, you know, we we really fell in love with the recurring revenue element of you know hosting websites and moved away from um, the 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 diva nature of of many customers that uh, that think that you know website designers are beholden to them um, and and all their proclivities. So we moved. Um, towards that model and then kind of evolved over time to uh, more complex hosting relationships where we moved into, you know, what were called dedicated servers, then, you know, virtual private servers, and then the cloud, and then bare metal, and then back to the cloud, um, and then the edge, and then back to the cloud, and then the cloud edge, and then the edge cloud, and whatever, whatever word. That, big data uh, center, small data center, the, big data whatever, center. Whatever small the marketing people decided <laughs> we need to call this week. So I blame Alyssa Miller, Jamie, Jamie Scotto, and, 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 and the like. Um, for, for changing the way we describe essentially the same thing. Um, mm. And then we evolved into, you know, building our own data centers um, where we were hosting these, you know, kind of smaller environments, selling real estate within those facilities um, and, and space and power and the like. And, and, you know, I feel like before there was the name co-location, we, we kind of started doing it almost by accident. Um, and then, you know, here I am, significantly less hair where I want it significantly more hair where I don't. Um, and uh, and I find myself talking to you fine people all those years later. I mean, and, and it's basically the same thing that I'm selling. It's the same thing that I'm doing. Um, it's just on a different scale. And I find myself as being referred to in some cases as a thought leader or as Susanna likes to remind me as an influencer <clears throat> in a space where the only reason I know anything is because, excuse me, <clears throat> I've been doing it my entire adult life. So it's so matter of fact, and, you know, like every one of our generation kind of fell into it because it was this new thing that was going on. I feel like we're kind of the last generation that straddled the before digital times and now. Um, and, you know, we just broke a lot of things and then we had no choice but to fix it. And there was no formalized education. I would suggest there's no formalized education even now for a lot of things yeah. that we do. But very long answer to what NYI stands for. It stands for New York Inter so, yeah. so would you would, would you see yourself then as a digital pioneer out there in the Wild West? Um, you were one I, of the first ones, the Big I, Apple. 
Uh, uh, would guess. you see yourself like that? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, you, you put it in terms that, that sound like I planned it. I did not. Um, you know, it's, it, it just happens to be that I, 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 along with many others in, in our generation, just kind of fell in love with the wonderment that was taking what was a fairly static world and what the internet what did was make it dynamic. Like it, 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 it made us more connected. It, it, it turned what was, you know, I was never really a gamer growing up and what, you know, certainly not in the context, like my son plays Minecraft all the time. He's nine years old. And he's like, do you, do you play video games when, when you were a kid? I was like, yeah, Galaga, Pac-Man, does that count? I'm not sure it counts. You know, you have to put a quarter into a machine and then you played with a joystick. Um, uh, what's a joystick? Then I have to go into an entire explanation of what a joystick is because now it's just thumbs. His thumbs are the strongest fingers um, on his hand. That's just, that feels weird. Um, but there was a fascination with this, the migration from, you know, the computer as, you know, kind of a word processing device, if, if nothing else, um, to a vehicle for communication. And I fell in love with that and just kind of gravitated towards you know, doing that or, or understanding what it is. And it just so happened that, you know, kind of the older folks that were in other industries that had already, you know, moved on that weren't really, you know, at an age where they could uh, focus a lot of their attention on, on what was happening in, in this new, um, you know, kind of world that, that we were living in, you know, kind of asked for assistance and, 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 um, and participating in that world and, and, you know, getting online. Uh, which sounds, you know, uh, like something my grandmother would say at this point. Um, and and we just helped and it just turned into a business. It turned into, you know, what what we ended up doing, but by no means a plan. Uh, but yes, a pioneer because I happened to stumble upon the wild, wild west. Well, it oh, happens. Philip, right. you, I, I love the way you talk in terms of you're so authentic and you have such a humble character um and also, also the new york quick... accent i know you guys are both across the pond so it's probably like <laughs> i'm the exotic one i'm the exotic one yeah but your leadership and your compassion for um you know bringing in your business from a single data center in lower manhattan to a national and international market is definitely not by accident talk to us a little bit about how you solve the complexity of this whole data center and your brilliance in terms of the whole customer experience. It, it, we would, I think the audience would, can benefit from you. I think the audience would benefit from hearing you just call me brilliant for the next 20 minutes. Um, if we could do that, I think that would be amazing. Um, I, if you can just get, send me that snippet so I can play it for myself when I'm feeling blue. Um, look, I, I, what, what I've always tried to do is that, you know, I'm a, um, we, we, my, we, we had thought about different names for the company, you know, uh, Kiss Tech was one of the, one of the original uh, names, which is, you know, keep, keep it simple, stupid. Um, we've always tried to dumb down, like understand the, the, what we call complexities in our, in, in our industry, um, to really simple, um, simple points. So, you know, I, I, what, any time that we grew, we grew because, you know, we saw an opportunity or, or a client had asked us to solve a problem and we had to go about trying to solve it um, at a time where there was more, believe it or not, than one search engine. So we couldn't just Google it. We had to Alta Vista it or we had to, you know, do, do any of those uh, other things, maybe go to an encyclopedia. There was no encyclopedia and it didn't say anything useful. Um, so, you know, we just, a lot of that had to do with the camaraderie of, of our industry. And because 
Um, it was to a certain extent, the wild, wild west. If somebody said, you know, I need a connection from New York to Chicago or New York to LA, or I need, you know, some sort of regional diversity, or I'm building, you know, a complex application and I need space and power in this market, that market and, and the international market. Uh, what I tried to do, and, and I still try to do to this day is seek out like the people that, that, understood those markets you know I, I think what what the complexity in many cases particularly in our industry comes from people trying to use complicated language to make themselves sound smarter or feel smarter um when in reality you know um everyone's just faking it till they make it especially in in you know in 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 the olden days can i say the olden days um you know, so so there are people that that understand, you know, their little fiefdoms, their little worlds, their little regions. And and I think presenting yourself as humble, saying that, you know, help me solve this problem and not trying to pretend you have all those answers um, is what allowed us to grow beyond, you know, our little single data center. And it wasn't even downtown initially. It was near Penn Station in in, in New York City. You know, set up on bread racks with plexiglass in front of them near, you know, a toilet that overflowed from time to time, which I can say now because that office is long gone. Um, using a connection from UUNet that used to go down when it rained because it was connected via, you know, regular copper um, that was on a panel outside that, you know, was built originally by, you know, Bell Atlantic, um, which uh, which is now Verizon. So. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's not because uh, there was there was some you know big engineering expertise. It's not because I dug in and 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 really tried to be an expert in fiber, an expert in every region. It's because um, I've always and still do um, invite experts to 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 tell me you know how I should be doing things and 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 you know questioning um, you know what my assumption is about you know how to deliver. You know a particular solution, and we broke a lot of things. I mean, it's not, every every solution, I think, especially in the olden days, was um, put it forward, watch it break, and try to figure out why it broke, and make sure you learn from that experience as opposed to um, you know repeating the same the same mistake over and over again. Thank you, Philip. That was very insightful, and I I think the audience will benefit from the pragmatic part about what you talk about. So thank you. Appreciate that. So Philip, I'm going to ask you now the difficult questions. <laughs> because now, oh, now I'm, so, so I'm just thinking, Big Apple, right? Um, I mean, it, it's all about here a bit about sustainability and everything. I mean, yeah, you have the Central Park, which is so-called the Green Lungs. How do data centers fit into that? I'm just going to ask you. Uh, what, did say, straight what, up. Did say, what did I say when, uh, when, when, when you said that same thing uh, before the interview? Like if, if Central Park are the lungs of, of the Big Apple, the legacy data centers are... Um, I'm trying. I'll try to say it in in UK yeah. parlance. The arse, the arse of, <laughs> of, of, of New York. Everyone needs one, um, but that's where the gas comes out. Um, so you know, look. I think I think from from the standpoint of New York City, it's a it's a unique market. I think many big cities are are unique in that um, there's not a huge amount of new construction happening. Um, it's a lot of legacy data centers that that are in locations that that happen to, for reasons of history um, and not design, happen to be you know where a bulk of the connectivity landed originally copper, then then moved to fiber. So you have you know uh, uh, a couple of centralized buildings in New York that act as big data center hubs. 
It used to be 111 8th. Now that's, you know, uh, still a hub of connectivity, but Google has taken over that building. Um, but, you know, 60 Hudson Street, 32 Avenue, the Americas, 375 Pearl Street, 325 Hudson. It's like four or five, maybe up to 10 buildings if you if you start spreading it out across New York. And I think what what you know, as as sustainability has become a talking uh, a, a talking point, and that's really what it has been, you know, um, uh, more recently, uh, certainly in other industries, um, you know, a box that you check, particularly if you're in finance and, and a bulk of your revenue doesn't get generated by burning power, burning fossil fuels, et cetera. I think what's interesting about the data center industry as a whole is that our business model is predicated on trying to find efficiencies wherever we can. The more efficiently we use our data centers, notwithstanding whether they're legacy or greenfield builds, the better our bottom lines are because power is, you know, if not the top, the second highest cost um, in a data center. And probably in most cases, if you're doing it right, the top cost um, in, uh, in, in providing your service. So, you know, when you're operating legacy facilities like we do in, in major cities, what you need to do is you need to find, again, pragmatic, practical solutions um, that can retrofit a lot of these legacy sites, whether that means, you know, taking advantage of localized programs, NYSERDA and, and, and New York State and the city have, you know, significant programs to upgrade, um, you know, HVAC gear, um, you know, power generation gear um, that, that help bear the burden of, 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 rep, of um, you know, upgrading uh, some of that gear to be more efficient, but that's disruptive to a data center provider. So you have to take that into account as well. What we did early on, I think we were the first company with NYSERDA um, to, to get them to understand what, what containment was, um, what, what introducing cold aisle containment or uh, cold aisle containment is probably easier to retrofit than say hot aisle containment. What we did was we did cold aisle containment and got NYSERDA to appreciate that it wasn't just about ripping out um, crack units and replacing them and showing that you're no longer using a, a crack unit and you're replacing it with something that's that's newer, um, but not um, being able to turn them off and getting a lot more runway out of a particular site because you were able to more efficiently um, distribute cool air. Um, you know, you made the determination that when you open the door to a data, this was a thing, right? When you open the door to, to where the data center lived, it, you didn't have to get blasted with cold air. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It matters what the computers feel like. So it doesn't have to be a meat locker when you walk into a data center. Those were things that we had to learn as an industry. But um, I think that at the end of the day, the point is that the data center industry is, is more, I think, authentic um, when, when talking about ESG, not because we love the environment so much. Of course we do. Uh, Susanna is at the forefront of, of, of sustainability and, and, and our world. Um, but because it makes total business sense, because what we do is predicated mm -hmm. on, on how much power we use and the less we use, the more inventory we have to sell and the, the higher our margins are. Do, do, do you think that, um, because this is always, we like to do this, compare the industries between the countries, right? Do you think New York is ahead or New York is behind the global standard? Look, I, I think um, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker. Uh, I do sit in New Jersey right now, um, which if you had told me that, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I would have I would have laughed at you. But I'm a New Yorker through and through. So I'll, I'll never say we're, um, you know, we're, we're unbelievably behind. I think we're forward thinking. But I think we have limitations in what we can do because New York is a bureaucratic mess. I mean, it took us 
It mm. took what ten billion dollars to to rebuild LaGuardia Airport, and I'm not sure anybody would fly into LaGuardia today and think it's like the beacon of of, of efficiency. Um, mm. So you know there are other parts of the country. There are certainly other parts of the world that have the luxury of building you know new builds that get to you know use lake water from a local lake that get to be in locations that have you know uh, hydroelectric power that that, that have access yeah. to a lot more green resources if you look at some of the nordic data centers that are able to recirculate air and and take advantage of um you know mother nature in in ways to to create efficiencies there's no question that they they have a leg up and i would always say those are the places where you need to put the the the, the primary um, compute, the backend storage, the things that generate a lot of power. The major yeah. cities are inevitably where the eyeballs live, inevitably where the connectivity is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so we as an industry have to recognize the trend that started years ago, where it's it's smaller, more nimble environments, you know, embrace things like DC power because they run cooler and 90% of the, the heat in, in, in computing architecture is, is done by the internal um, uh, translation from from AC back to DC power, but people love plugs. Um, so so you know you moved in that direction. Uh, those those types of efficiencies, recognizing that you know the cities need to be um, you know networking focused. You don't have to worry about you know one megawatt deployments um, and and in, encourage your customers to leverage the fiber infrastructure that that has allowed. Um, those more remote areas that have um, more natural gifts when it comes to sustainability, when it comes to you know efficiencies, um, and and interconnect them in in a way that allows you to leverage the planet to create the most efficient distribution of infrastructure, as opposed to trying to think that you can do it all in one spot. Uh, there's there's never going to be an internet without New York and London and Frankfurt and um, and and all those places. Um, and inevitably, those are always going to be more legacy because they're older cities. Anybody that rides the New York subway will, will tell you that, you know, we have, you know, the greatest uh, public transportation in the world unless you actually use it. Um, um, but, uh, you know, you, we, we, we certainly have to recognize the limitations of big cities and the differences between big cities and, and other areas where, where you can build more efficient sites. I feel like okay, I'm setting that's... a record for most words. Uh, no, it's fine. It's no, fine. And, you and... are. You're so brilliant, Philip. You just and no, and, Philip, what, it's, uh, and, yeah. and and what you basically done. It's just amazing. The the what you have actually have gone through is not so much the past. I fundamentally believe there's actually a cycle going on with now. New York is extremely unique, as we all know. And for what you have solved the problem is actually coming back all over again in terms of when the edge computing and all the electrification taking place is actually genuinely many new mega city was gonna come across uh, or come up to the problem that you actually have already solved. So it, it's, it's amazing to actually- What, what, is, that, what is that phrase? First of all, go on, Susanna. I can, I can listen to this all day. Yeah. Um, but that and phrase I mean is it, like those it, that- those that don't learn from history are, are destined to repeat it. Um, you know, I think that one of the problems with a lot of the marketing speak, and, and I mentioned this earlier, is um, that that people have convinced themselves that you know edge data centers and edge computing is a, is 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 this brand new idea. 
when in reality, it's a pendulum that continues to swing back and forth. You know, there's certain things you can centralize, there's certain things you can decentralize. And then, you know, based on where the applications take you, um, you know, you, you have to do more computing in major cities. And then you have, you, you know, technologies come out that allow you to do less. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's important for us to market in one way and, and, and recognize, um, you know, the, the experiences that we've had um, in, yep. in another. Thank you. Back to That's you, Paul. Amazing. Yes, yeah. it is. I, I think I think we're coming to an end with the digital pioneer from New York. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, to, to to keep it short and sweet, I think what people can learn is that don't reinvent the wheel. Just sometimes just look and listen to the podcast. You can meet some new people, and please feel free to reach out to Philip if you're trying to solve your problem. Don't reinvent the, the wheel. Just listen to this podcast. That's all. Yes, you Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is why. This is why the Uptime Punks exist, because we connect the globe. Oh, my God. I should work in marketing, probably. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, Philip, it was an absolute pleasure. I have one last question. This is a very famous question we ask every guest. During the lockdown pandemic, right, everybody got themselves a little gift. What was your lockdown gift to yourself? A house. Your house. My lockdown gift to myself was a house. Um, you know, I, I we lived in we lived in Brooklyn uh, during the lockdown, um, and you know, again, New Yorker through and through. Two small children, and what was a really nice Brooklyn apartment, beautiful views. I mean, in, in Dumbo, which is a great section of Brooklyn, um, and you know, when everyone was trapped in that house, you know, the kids were going to school in the house. Um, you know, my wife was you know trying to wrangle the kids um, in that house. I was trying to have you know, I guess what what you know, Zoom calls in the bathroom, mm. trying to explain away the echoes by saying, you know, that's, that's not, that's not a toilet flushing. I'm, I'm just by the ocean. Um, um, and then having to ask for permission to get into the elevator because, you know, you didn't know how comfortable people were with having other, you know, we have four people in, in our family. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. you know, we're basically taking up the entire elevator. Um, it finally crystallized that, you know, we need space. And I think it's a, it's the same um, uh, experience that many people had um, you know, during during the pandemic, and and a lot of the the lockdown element of, uh, of it allowed people to to kind of move um, uh, out of the city. Um, so a house. I finally got. I finally convinced my wife to buy a house, and we finally moved to a house. And and I haven't looked back since. I miss the idea of being a New Yorker. Well, but, you you've, man, you've beaten everybody. We had we had um, micro uh, implanted microchips, air sensors. Then we had a guy who bought himself a Mini Cooper as an office desk because he wanted to drive every day and somebody bought himself a pinball machine and you bought yourself a house. Well, All right, uh, let's see who comes next. Uh, is somebody going to buy a plane? <laughs> <laughs> I can make I, some suggestions for people in our industry that may or may not. Have I, I, maybe somebody who says, you know what, I, I just couldn't fly commercial anymore. I had to get my own airplane. <laughs> oh, you never know, you know. Um, anyways, Philip, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you, Susanna, for organizing all of this. And Philip, stay safe, look after yourself and good luck over there on the Big Apple and hopefully it becomes one big green apple one day. One, one big green apple. Thank you, Central Park. Thanks so much for having yeah. me, guys. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Paul.